Hey there. Listen, did you guys know that Henry Cavill refused to take steroids to muscle up for the role of Superman in Man of Steel? He also refused any digital touch-ups or enhancements to his body in his shirtless scenes. He said it would have been dishonest for him to use trickery while playing Superman and that he wanted to push his body to the absolute limits to develop his physique into one that was worthy of the character. Did you also know that we have a Patreon and a YouTube channel? That's right, we're actually on YouTube now. Not every episode's on there quite yet, but we are systematically working to add all of our previous episodes as quickly as we can. If you guys want to support us, we'd love you forever. You can find the links to the supports for the website, the Patreon, and the YouTube in our links below and the episode descriptions. But honestly, for now, I really just hope you guys enjoy this episode. In the books, she has purple Does eyes. She have? In, in the, the book, yeah. she has purple all eyes. The Valeri- all the Valerians do, and they don't do it in the, the show. show no. yes. Actually, like, even in the show, uh, Tyrion doesn't look the way he's supposed to look. After not even close. Are you mad? No, are you? no, stop! No spoilers. Okay. He's not there. Um, Matt's watch. So, guys, hi. Um, Hello, everyone. Welcome. Hello. We're shooting the shit. Uh, <laughs> <As one laughs> Matt's here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, say hi. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hi. No, don't say hi, okay? You know what? I'm going to do a proper <laughs> intro, all right? Welcome to the pay-per-view Slam Smackdown starring Matt and Scott with your referee, Lynn Sedai, who will be judging the absolute horrendous review Matt is about to give for this amazing movie that we're about to fucking go Oh, my God. Through. My notes on my phone are, are exquisite. <laughs> Matt, Matt texted Scott and I last night to tell us fucking He's crazy never in a crazy seen. turn of events yeah he has never seen the movie we are here to review which is 1997's the fifth element and matt told us he has never seen this movie and that and even i was shocked i have seen this movie a billion times just by just by proxy of having existed in the late 90s and like <laughs> I can't even believe you haven't seen this. So immediately we're like, you need to watch this movie and you need to come on and give your virgin opinion tomorrow because this is, this is the thing that gets so rose color glassed by nostalgia. I really think so. I'm stoked that you're here for this. I would say that. I've never yeah. seen the movie. Oh, I, I would agree with that all day say that. Cause this movie's not actually good. And everyone thinks no. it is. Sorry guys. <laughs> no, that is, that's, that's correct. It is not good. So I had seen like, very small parts of it like literally like minutes of it and i knew that mila what's her jovovich name? jovovich also known from her multi-pass on the uh, just nightmare that is the resident evil movies Ugh. um yeah. uh i knew that she was in it i knew bruce willis was in it i knew that the most annoying person on the planet chris tucker is in it okay um, dude and- seriously mm-hmm Mm-mm, but no. he makes funny noises, so Scott loves him. I know, and that's why I hate him. It's the yeah, best show in my so life. Much. I'm no. so happy you're here today, Matt. Matt and I don't always agree. No. But on this one, <laughs> when we do, we agree hard. <laughs> like, it's like, and it's never in my favor. Like it's no. just 
We often disagree. But when we're on the same page, we are like full steam ahead. I'm so happy you're here. And I knew you would be. I knew you were going to hate it. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. I was was watching it in my room, which is weird because I never watch TV in our room. And my wife walked in and she looked at the TV and she was like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's this this horrible nightmare of a movie that they want me to watch for the podcast. And she's watching it and she's like, they're your friends, right? <laughs> Dude, come on. Yo, that's correct. I'm really sorry to for everybody who really, really likes this because I know that that is a thing. But we're about to talk some shit. <laughs> so... In normal fashion, like the way that our notes work, again, if you guys are members of the Patreon, you can find our notes on the Patreon um, at any level. But you guys know that we will usually title these based on like an event in the movie or like the main plot or like the character section or like why, like how the movie got made or whatever. Every single one of the sections in the notes for this movie from Lindsay is just a question about why this movie is. Or what is this movie? Like, there's no, all right, now we're going to talk about Zorg or all right, dude, like, it's cool. We're going to talk about like the visuals or what? No, none of that is, is fucking present. It's all just questions. It is. It's mostly just what the last yeah. section of this, this discussion will be called. No, but seriously, what? <laughs> so what, anyway, I, I guess, I guess like in line with what we've been saying before we get properly into it, um, we know that Matt has zero history with this movie. Mm. My history with it is that, and and this is like the 10,000th shout out to uh, my best friend from when I was a little kid, whose family watched all these kind of live action ones like that's how I saw star Wars. That's how I saw Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like that wasn't in our house for whatever reason, but I saw it at her place. And, uh, this is another one. Her older sister fucking loved this movie, and I'm actually seeing them this weekend. So I've been thinking about them oh, yeah. all week. Yeah, because we're going to Storyland, man. We're going to oh, adult yeah, get no drunk shit. Storyland night on Saturday. Dude, so I'm go. gonna be with the two of them, with my my best friend from growing up and her sister and my sister, and I can't wait to tell her about this because we used to watch The Fifth Element every fucking day we were watching the fifth element and it was always on tv so like i had seen this movie like a billion times but like while being held hostage but i have seen it a lot against my will over and over and over again what is your history with this movie scott so i actually feel really bad right now because i thought my now former best friend who i've known since i was 10 years old (laughs) i thought that we watched this at his house I could have sworn we'd watch this and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, dude, I remember like, no, I didn't. I think I watched this before I met Matt actually. Um, really little. Yeah. I would have been like nine or 10 when I saw this. Um, and I just remember it being like hilarious and loud and like sci-fi and stuff like that. But I don't remember who showed it to me, but I remember every, it wasn't one of those movies that I like went out of my way to go watch, but if it was on or I saw it like scrolling through Netflix, I was like, Oh shit, dude, I haven't seen that movie in a while. And I would just put it on, but I didn't have that. Like, unlike you, like I didn't have that friend that was like, dude, we gotta watch this like right now. Like, have you fucking seen this? That for Matt and I was Lord of the Rings. 
That was we oh, watched Lord of the Rings all the fucking well, time. We all watch Lord of the Rings all the time. I'm talking about shit that came out when we were younger. Like I would have seen this when it first came out in '97 because my best friend's sister was four years older than us, so she would have seen it in theaters, and I was ten when it came out, and we saw it constantly from then on. I mean, the Lord of the Rings didn't come out till we were like twelve, or I was like twelve. So you were you were younger, I guess. To be fair, I was like that was a high school movie. Calm down. That came out like in, <laughs> when I was in like eighth grade. <laughs> No, Return of the King came out in 2003, man. Oh, yeah. I was in high school when I'm thinking about the first movie. We were freshmen. I was reading Lord of the Rings in middle school. So it came out shortly, like when we were in seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, I read it before it was in production. And I remember when it went into production because I was like a huge fucking fan. Uh, Anyway. So I put my unabridged fifth element notes at the very, very, very bottom of the top. Did you? So you can see the, con- oh, God. the, the flowing stream of consciousness. Holy shit. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> he bleeds barbecue sauce? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, let's all right, get us into look, the movie. I'm Scott. getting Tell into this shit, all right? It's fucking 1997, all right? We're here for the fifth element. Directed by Luke Besson, written by Luke Besson, who actually he had began writing this when he was in high school. Um, Luke, Be- <laughs> Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. It stars Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman, and Chris Tucker. Now, normally we don't talk that much about music, but this is another movie where music is kind of like a big deal. Um, so the move, the music and score is composed by Eric Serra with the Plava Laguna song, Lucia de la Mamora and Diva Dance. They were both performed by Albanian soprano Inva Mula. So the woman who is actually playing Plava Laguna is not the one singing for her, which was actually a pretty common thing in Hollywood at the time. They actually did the same thing for Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady, for those of you who don't know. Um, but the fun fact about this is that most films will have about 45 to 50 minutes worth of a film score. Uh, but with the fifth element, 90% of this movie has music playing. Like the f- score is playing for about 90% of this movie, which is crazy to me because I almost didn't really notice it. I super I did. didn't. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Matt didn't like it. it. I hated it so much. Oh my god! It was, it was the worst score I've ever heard in my whole life. No, it wasn't, dude. I feel it like sounds like it's, no, no. It sounds like really terrible video game loading screen music and uh, really bad okay. side scroller video game <laughs> from the eighties music. It was like I was like it was such a large presence in the movie, and it was just like a thorn in my ears. Just every five seconds. Like, oh my God, we don't need music anymore. Oh my God. All right. Fine. I, I like completely didn't notice it. Scott, I mean, I noticed this the music, like way but, too yeah. serious plot summary that you wrote. Yes. I will read you the plot summary of what actually happens in the movie. Way not this too barbecue serious, sauce you know and choking on cherries and all this shit. In a movie that makes <laughs> precious little sense. Maybe we should have a more serious and yeah. robust plot mm-hmm. summary. Go ahead. Considering <laughs> every single one of your notes is why is this and who did that and what did that come from? Well, why? Two pages of like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So the plot, in order to save humanity from certain annihilation at the hands of the awake, the newly awakened great evil, newly reanimated Lilu finds herself in a world 5,000 years too far in the future for her memory. There, she is pressed into partnership with ex-Special Forces sports... Ex-Special Forces Major Corbin Dallas, who is forced to assist her in saving the entirety of the universe. Sure. And you can find it on Tubi, which is like, I never thought I would say that out loud. Oh, for real? Yeah. That's really Tubi? Okay. Makes sense. Yes, really Tubi. Also Tubi, but Matt Matt thought we were forcing him to rent it. Matt did rent it. He did did rent it because of his... <laughs> Once I get my money back from Amazon, uh, you won't. I know. Let's go to the timeline because other fun things are happening this year. Uh, it is the year 1997 and our first movie apart from when we did Titanic as a request. So mm-hmm. we did a little early. It's our first proper movie in 97. Um, so welcome slash welcome back. <laughs> uh, the Teletubbies are introduced on BBC two. Hell yeah. People's sexiest man alive is George Clooney. That's correct. Uh, and Bill Clinton is inaugurated for a second time. And we'll be talking about Mr. Clooney. <laughs> So yeah. a couple of weeks, Matt, you'll be back. We'll do Batman. Oh, I was going to yeah, say, I you was, will be back in a couple of weeks. I was soon. just looking it up right now. Like, I'm pretty sure that's 97. This Batman it's, like, it it's like two episodes from now. After this, we have The Lost World and then Batman and Robin. And then Batman and Robin. Dude, you'll literally be back oh, in man. two weeks. 97 was a big year. <laughs> Shit. Just, you know, 90s, 1997 was the year that I stopped checking behind the shower curtain for Raptors. Six months before. <laughs> to be fair, the <laughs> Raptors really... Like the Raptors are the best part of Lost World. Like the best well, scene in that whole movie is the high grass. They're the best thing about the Jurassic Park franchise. I just like no, I not. was scared to death. I was ten years old. I was Chris scared Pratt to fucking headbutting a Dilophosaurus is pretty hot. I was gonna say Chris Pratt is the best part of the Jurassic. Chris Park Pratt story. is yeah. Chris Pratt <laughs> riding a motorcycle alongside a herd of raptors that he controls. Your boyfriend's a badass. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yup. <laughs> I know that there's like such a thing as Chris Pratt fatigue, but I don't believe in it. There is no such thing as Chris wanna, Pratt fatigue. Okay, we just all cried together at Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, I don't just... want to live in that world where there's Chris Pratt fatigue. Like, can you just like <laughs> this is like why can't we just like stuff that's popular and funny? Like, can it just be fine? Like, does it have to be this serious? Anyway, um, this movie got shockingly in in a turn of events that I cannot believe a seventy one percent on the tomato meter and an eighty six percent audience score. I'm not. Yeah, like, suck it, guys. All right, That's crazy. How You're in the minority. Yeah, we are. are wrong. <laughs> no, isn't that crazy that <laughs> your math is off? Matt are wrong. No, unusual. <laughs> Only fourteen percent of people are right. That's crazy. It's wild. Like <laughs> it's an opinion. You fucking asshole. Well, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right you know what dude nothing happened in the oscars all right but this did win a bafta award somehow i'm i'm actually gonna be honest with you i don't know how this out outperformed uh lost world because yeah BAFTA lost for best, world, best special effects yeah how did i don't get that how like I mean, because ba- uh, lost world has the t-rex walking through downtown san diego so i will say this as much as i disliked like 87% of this movie. Um, 
the the effect the creature effects were pretty cool on the booger guys that were in oh the, the, the Mangalores. Yeah, the Mandalorians. Um, no, you don't end. do that. <laughs> at the very end, like the the an, the animatronics in their faces, I thought was actually pretty good. I yeah. actually wasn't certain if that was practical or CGI. Although I'm fairly certain it's probably it's practical, a and I have it's one of my room of requirements. Yeah. What was probably impressive for this is like, uh, oh, like the stuff in space looks pretty good. Like it does hold up okay. Like yeah, the, you know, the like ships I, look good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it has a nice mix the with PS5. practical effects. But you know, Steven Spielberg built two full sized T Rex heads animatronics. Yep. Like they I just, did. I agree. I I don't know how this wins the BAFTA. They're they're so good that people think that Steven Spielberg killed a torrent like a. Oh yeah, monster. that picture. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Please, I 100% was like totally thought like they I at least thought that they had built full size dinosaurs like I didn't. Yeah. Oh, my God. So the English patient won best picture in 97, though, back to uh, and the big Emmy winners are Frasier and Law and Order. So same. Same shit. Frasier the TV show. Yes, Frasier the the TV show won the Emmy, dude. The Emmys in the nineties are like exclusively to like Frasier and Law and Order. Like it genuinely has been yeah. like an ER. Like they ER, were nothing else happened in the nineties. Can you fucking imagine that was the best stuff on TV? I just can't. I know. Again, another one that we're sleeping on for the special effects, probably because we're not doing an episode on it. We're not. And, yeah. I mean, if and if you guys would like for us to hit us up, because this one just didn't make the timeline, but Men in Black is the top grossing movie of 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know. Send us a request. Otherwise, that one's not on the timeline, PSA. And I'm not yep. motivated to add it because we got shit to do. We got um, shit going on here, guys. We got yeah, Joel But Schumacher if you guys want Men in Black, on. we can add Men in Black. Um, but more to the credit of like how this did, okay? Because you guys were all upset about Rotten Tomatoes. Let's talk about the fucking gross, okay? Because this movie cost $90 million to make and it made almost $260 million. All right. Unfortunate. What? <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, can you just, I feel like but it was like the 24th highest grossing movie of the year, which was my note and you deleted it. But I remember. The was North it? Remembers. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, bitch. Oh, that's what I think they used to you say just before had... he wrote on a it budget of 90 million. Oh, I, maybe I didn't finish typing it. Is my Yeah, because this sentence just kind of stops. So sure. <laughs> that wouldn't be unusual, I feel. That's hilarious. <laughs> I should stopped at that. I'm like, you deleted it. I never finished typing it. <laughs> awesome. No, Here we are. This is like just the, an attack on Scott episode. It's like, true though. It was like the 24th highest grossing movie of the year. So like it made a lot of money on its budget, yeah. but like it wasn't like, I don't know, man. Um, in terms of sequels, there really isn't one, but Valeria 2017 is like supposed to be the spiritual sequel to this, but I haven't seen it. I don't really know that they're connected. Have you guys I, seen that? I movie? don't even know never what that even, is. Yeah. I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> Wait, is that the one? It's like Valeria and the world of a thousand planets or the planet yeah, of a thousand worlds or something like that. Yeah, it was of something. Yeah, it was. It came out right around when uh, Jupiter Ascending came out. And uh, oh, I think that's the movie I was thinking of. I was like, is that weird Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis movie? That's a great movie, but it's not. It's actually a great movie to hate. <clears throat> but I think I that's what I was thinking it. of. Yeah, I never saw it for sure. But I love I Mila for sure Kunis. never saw it. Yeah, she's awesome. She's the space queen. Anyway, let's get into the movie because I'm ready to I'm explain a, this away and not 
listen to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to start us with a section I'm calling, I'm sorry, who? And also what? Yeah. Um, Tracks. It doesn't, this movie doesn't make sense to me is the first thing that I want to comment on. It's just like, (laughs) why is any of it? You know what I mean? Like how, who are the bad guys? Like how did they ultimately connect with the like human bad guy who's, who they work with in this movie, whoever he is. And like, why does he go along with any of this? Does he know that the world's going to end? And like, are they just going to kill earth or the whole universe? And like, why are they like turtles and why are they terrible at everything? <laughs> why are they ter- okay. First what of all, the yes. Key it and and what the fuck? Please answer that litany of like, I don't understand yes. the plot. Like, so first what of is all, the key? The stupid yep. space turtles are called Mondo Shaman or Mono Shaman. Shaman. Oh, oh, the Power Ranger villains. No, yes. Yeah. The turtles. And they do suck at their jobs. They're awful. I don't get what the fuck the point of the key was, but all they were doing was getting the um to, to make the movie the happen. sarcophagus out of the I swear to God, dude, if you say that one more time on this fucking episode, I'm gonna But lose literally, it. why did they what does no. the key? Like, it open like, the- no, I know. It, no, they were there to get the sarcophagus, which is the it contains the fifth element. That's and what they that were how- getting. And the stones. And that's how she gets at that's how she ends up in the spaceship. But they find her. Without needing the key, Bilbo has the key. No, they that's how they identify him. They give him the key and they're like, We'll come back for you in 300 years. So, for if it for Lilo, whatever her name is, so they they find her in basically space amber and then take her mosquito grossness out and then yeah yeah but isn't her space amber stuck in the place where you have to use the key to get in in egypt isn't that where her space amber is no they she's on the ship and she because they find an armored arm of hers and that's all they find is an armored hand and then they use that that uh back to tank to rebuild her body i understand that but like isn't at the end, isn't what happened that she got stuck? Like the fifth element was inside the. The fifth the, element the is, fifth love. is love. And, uh, fucking then what is the, what uh, this movie literally, no matter how much I try to figure it out, I really honestly don't get it. Like no, what it, does the key do? Where does, what does it open? The key helps identify the priests. Like it tells them like that's handed down as like, you guys will have this. And this is how the mono Shawan will like figure out who you are. But they use that you look it. like Obi Wan Kenobi, but so, like but so so the the Mama Shawawas they, they which ones are those just, the, the turtles, turtles. They okay can't okay just like oh why why the door the the door close can they just like oh I know like why does the fucking door that they built close didn't the key open that door yeah it should but he's dead already the door not open from the inside out is it like a meat locker I don't. Like, why um, can you open it again? But also, if the key opens like that door, locker. I thought she was stuck no. in there. Like, I don't know. No. Why I don't understand that. When they're taking the sarcophagus out of the pyramid at the beginning of the movie, she's in there. She's asleep in there. And, and then they take, 300 they years, take her out. They get her they out. They take her. <clears throat> and okay. she's on the ship. And she's being brought to Vito. So that. No. But where was she for all those thousands of years? Asleep in that sarcophagus. Where was the, the sarcophagus? In the pyramid. 
that they're so how do they get into the pyramid why, without the key? Why, this is what I'm saying. There, why was there a very modern suitcase in this the tomb? How did they find her? I didn't understand. I was like, look, was like guys, I didn't fucking write this movie. Okay, I'm just <laughs> explaining. I'm saying I don't actually think it makes sense. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, all right, first of all to answer her first original question, which was what is the deal with the bad guy? I'm going to explain that right now. The evil is just the amalgamation of all the universe's evil. It is a sentient. It takes the form of whatever the fuck it wants. And in this case, it's a burning planet and it is the darkest power in the universe. And when it causes those guys to bleed from their foreheads, shut up, Matt. I see it. I saw your lips. <laughs> um, I it's literally them like, like destroying their brains and he's trying to show. And so when he does it to Zorg, he's trying to show like, dude, it doesn't matter how far you go. Like I can kill you wherever you are. If you fail me, the movie <clears throat> Zorg is involved Aaron doing what? Who is Zorg? He, what? G- Gary Oldman is Zorg. <laughs> Jean Baptiste yeah, Zorg. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon. <clears throat> okay. Bring me those sounds. Um, he is like, a war profiteer basically he's a he's the tony stark of fifth element but he's like a super terrible person he is basically the personification of corporate greed and corruption which is a huge theme of this movie or so scholars have said after the fact yeah i'll actually tell you what the whole movie is supposed to be about and it's kind of fucked up but luke besson basically wrote this because he wants you to agree with Lilu at the end of the movie when she's like, what's yeah, the point of preserving talk life? About that. No, I have comments about that. We'll get I'm there. sure you do. That's, that's in a section called no, but seriously, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, oh, no, sorry, that's in a, in a section called, okay, but still what? <laughs> yeah. I figured that's what all these are called. Anyway, <laughs> the great dark or the great evil promises Zorg money and power and everything that a corporate guy would ever want or whatever. Zorg doesn't care about what's going to happen. He also doesn't know that giving him the stones is going to destroy the whole universe. He thinks he's just going to get like tons of fucking money and power and shit like that. So when what they call Mr. Shadow on the phone, um, actually, if he were to get the stones or arrive on earth, if he touches down on the pillar that the fifth element is supposed to stand on, he can destroy the whole universe. But, and that's what they're trying to prevent. So he destroys the whole universe, not just Earth. Yeah. So reverse spirit bomb. Basically, like, do we understand why? But, so he's just what? the great evil. He, so he is. His, so he's maleficent. He's evil for no reason. Himself? Well, yeah, like he doesn't care about life, including his own. Yeah. He's just chaos. He just like he's just evil. He is literally the personification of the spirit of evil. It's like, well, why do the humans play along with this then? If he's going to destroy everything, why are they? Because like, Zorg yeah. doesn't know that. Zorg, he, Shadow doesn't tell Zorg like, "Hey, I'm going to destroy the universe." He's just like, "You need to bring me those stones. I'll be among you shortly." Do we see this happen in the movie? Yes, he literally has a phone call with him on. In, it's the first time you meet uh, Zorg. So if he's this big spiritual bomby thing, why does he call him on the cell phone? Dude, it's <laughs> it's literally just showing his power. Also, that's actually explained in the beginning. When they send the communication probes to figure out what the hell he is, 
before they killed the space PS5s. Oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> you I win. fucker. Anyway, he absorbs oh those God. communication probes and like the satellites in the area. So he can use those to communicate over long distances. So he corrupted those satellites to make a phone call to Zorg. I'm not sure any of this is in the movie, man. I mean, it's not just outright explained, but you can kind of like put yeah. two and two together. Can you? I feel I don't feel like this is putting two and two together. I feel like this is the, the movie is asking you to do fucking calculus. Oh, my um, God. Like in your head while it's hot, while all this orange <laughs> is being thrown at you. And I just what I will say is I one of the reasons I think this is so popular is that it does leave a lot for you to try and noodle on. And it gives a ton of like world buildy stuff in the yeah in the props and in like the the views of the city like if 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 you were inclined to like really really like this there's a lot to like chew on and go like scene by scene and be like what is this and try to create the lore that the movie doesn't give you like there's a lot of opportunity to try and fill in the blanks here mm-hmm. what i think out of all many movies, no one cares what you think matt no <laughs> Out of many movies, this would probably benefit the most from like a good director doing a reboot of this movie because it could fill in a lot of the contextual clues that you have to do mental gymnastics to figure out. Yeah. So, and we keep saying that about the Disney movies and that the live actions ugh. could like fill those gaps. And instead, they sing the song Scuttlebutt. And I just, I don't know what to tell you guys. Or they rewrite the entire plot of Mulan. Like, could we get like Chris Nolan? in on this movie oh my like, god no chris nolan it's hates so, using special effects do not I know that's, chris nolan that's here. well that's why i want more practical effects because i like practical effects how is chris nolan going to do space um you know who i think they should give black it to backdrop i swear to god no he's too busy oh i almost made that joke and i'm not gonna do it it's greta <sighs> she's talking about james cameron, cameron yep. explorer no. of the sea no <laughs> he's, he's already spoken for by so many other Avatar. I hope you know, Lindsay, that I watched this movie instead of watching Avatar. Fuck, really? I would have wanted. Are you serious? Well, I in the time I spent watching this monster of a movie, I could have been watching that other. Fuck this movie. movie. Will you watch Avatar for me? I'm going to. I'm just fucking somebody. It's been like a month. I'm in Westeros. I'm also on the continent. All right, right. that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. We got a lot of exciting shit going on. I would tone that down. I am really excited about Matt's on his first ever Game of Thrones watch through. So oh that's really, God. really exciting. We're all watching The Witcher. And can we get back like to what we're fucking doing here? Yeah, so so okay, here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. So we got like these bad guys and like why we don't really know. Like what are what is it? It's not really. It's just a bad guy. That's the, and you can say, Scott, that it's like the personification of the idea of evil or whatever. And I'm no, sure that's Vito true. No, Vito literally tells whatever. the president the that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's highly convenient if you ask me. I think what that really means is they didn't fucking know or care. Bruce Willis is here and he's awesome. And like, I love Bruce Willis in this. For the record, Bruce Willis is fucking awesome in this movie. He is. He's Lindsay has reason. a lot to say about his cigarettes, too. Oh, I love me some some quit smoking campaigns. Um, <laughs> no, I loved I loved Bruce Willis in this. But no, the, the bad guy thing is all like, that's very generous. Here's what else I want to know. Um why is it like Captain Planet to save the worlds? Because it's called the fifth element. And I love how this is some kind of crazy combination between like Avatar the Last Airbender and like Frozen 2. 
Yeah, like, we're I, not I, spot. I definitely. I was like, is this like? I actually hate that. That Ab- makes Avatar sense. The last Airbender. It makes so much <laughs> sense, right? They don't use the elements like Bruce Willis isn't isn't just like fireball or whatever. Like, yeah. But yeah, that's that's actually kind of irritating that it is basically Frozen Two. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's Frozen Two. So I hate that. I think Not that's really interesting, one. right? Like, there's some, there's, they were onto something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they're like, "What if we just gave her ice powers instead?" But here's what is like really doesn't make sense. Like the thing that bothered me the most, and there was the most upsetting thing about this movie. Plava Laguna. How the fuck are all of those Avatar stones, which are gigantic, inside of this bitch? She's an alien. <clears throat> what was the I'm sorry, that doesn't make that sense. Does, does she that, have her Hermione's beaded bag inside of her fucking yes. stomach? <laughs> like, I mean we yeah. we see him take them out of her. Do we? Yes. I don't yes, was waiting for that. Are you he serious? Dude, he she gets shot. Like, I remember she's like laying there, she's like, uh, and after she did her big number, and he's like, and she's like, uh, She's he's like, Where are the stones? And she's like, inside in me. me. Yeah. And, and then he literally Sticks his hand into her like a C-section thing in Empire. What is that thing's called? That oh, that's true. Yeah, it's very Tauntaun. It is a. It is just like the Tauntaun scene. He takes the stones out of her body, and there are what four of them? There's four. They're They're about the size of tall boys. Yeah, she pulled. He pulled a four pack of tall boys out of this poor woman's chest. Yeah. So what the fuck? Stomach. Whatever. I just. How do you know? know? How do you know? See, that's what I'm saying. She's an alien. No, she's an alien, dude. Like, her anatomy is completely different. She has fucking tubes on her head. Like, why are you guys going to get mad about how she's able to keep these rocks in her tubes gone? Because fucking everything in this movie has tubes in it. I know. Physically, there's not space for the rocks. And then my bigger problem with it, though, like, let's pretend that her entire abdomen is Hermione's beaded bag. Like, fine. Let's just say that's the case. What was the plan if she didn't get shot? Like how is it and when? She was how have to shit had they surgically put in her and randomly it's the fucking yeah. opera singer who has them? Like she's somehow involved in this plot. Like she's been one of the conspirators of this plan since mm-hmm. when? Like I, yeah, the space crazy. turtles tell them that. Well, they no, do? They, don't, they don't tell them that. The, uh, Lilu knows that, and she tells Vito, and she's like, "We have to get to, we have to get to Flots in Paradise." Because that's where we're going to go. And so the military rigs Corbin into With being Vito the winner. Baggins, you have yes. to speak my language. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> they are like the disciples or whatever of the priest that was helping them in the beginning of the movie. They are supposed to get her to Plava Laguna on the ship, the blue chick. And so they knock Bruce Willis out and have the little sidekick guy pretend to be Corbin Dallas and then Bruce Willis wakes up and finds out about it and then he goes to the airport and kicks the kid out and takes Lilu onto the ship with him this movie is just it doesn't know what it wants to be thematically like are we going to have religious overtones is this going to be Star Trek and Star Wars had some sort of nightmare baby is this (laughs) uh avatar the last airbender and i know this predates it by several like a decade but it i can't figure out thematically what luke look 
Luke Besson has a lot to answer for. Okay. Look, <laughs> since we're saying that I'm going to, all right, I'm going to, this was part of the rumor requirement, but because this keeps coming up, I'm going to answer this now. All right. Besson originally wrote the film with the singular goal of making the audience agree with Lilu at the end of the film when he's trying to get her to help him save the universe. And she says, what's the use in saving life when you see what you do with it? All right. That's that leads in. This is where I wanted to to talk about this, too, in a section I'm calling. OK, but still what? <laughs> In that, with that plot, like he was his bless his 14 year old soul was like <laughs> so fucking close to like an Age of Ultron or like an apocalypse. Story yes, line, it is right? very like, much Age of Ultron. He spends I've three minutes on humanity the internet. and it's the fucking worst. Like, I'm gonna like rain down fire upon you, but they only do it for like a second. He, and she's like, But you know what? Bruce Willis is so smoking hot in this movie. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna destroy humanity. Like, it's just like. She doesn't even really flirt with the idea. She, like, for five minutes while she's kind of incapacitated, is like, yeah, I watched a video. Earth's pretty shit. I mean, she's she doesn't want to. She just loses faith in humanity. She doesn't, like, want to destroy them or anything. She just doesn't see the point in helping them when she's like, all you guys do is create machines of war. Like, why would I help you? Like, why? Why would you want to preserve life? And then Bruce Willis, like, confessing his love for her is what she's like, oh, okay, I get it. She, like, doesn't discover this until after they've even left the cruise ship, though. That's what's so crazy. It's not like it's, like, a through line in the story. It's like she discovers that, like, after she's been shot. She Well, yeah, but she sees, like, how horrible mankind is while she's on the ship like she gets shot she's seeing the mangalores like kill all these people on the ship and she's just like why why would this, why is this worth being saved but then nothing teaches her that it is except that like she wants he loves to make her. Out with her i love you yeah. <laughs> that was i'll admit dude this that part is like really rocky He's just like, <laughs> you gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta really hang on because I love you. And she's just like, okay. Yeah, you're that, right. I will save the world. That's that's cool, I guess. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Can we hold hands? And he's like, dude, you've been shot. Like, <laughs> and then, yes, true to Lindsay's favorite fucking part of this movie, it does end with them all watching them totally bang in the back to tank. I, there, nothing about this should tell you that that was my favorite part of this movie. It was the one note I saw <laughs> that I was like, of course she fucking writes about this. Well, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The movie ends on a freeze frame of them fucking in the back to tank. Like, what? It's true. You thought I wasn't going to make a note about that? The one part that I think we're like sorely overlooking as far as like the plot and everything happening is I can't believe Yes, I can. Never mind. I'm not even going to say that. I totally understand and believe why you guys don't like my favorite character in this whole movie. And I completely understand it because Lindsay doesn't like that childish screaming all the time type of humor. I didn't and Matt just doesn't like have it. a funny I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't, it wasn't like I didn't, it was redeeming-ish, sort of. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Chris Tucker was the character I probably was most confused about because 
He's, he's a radio random DJ. Ra- radio DJ with the most annoying voice on the face of the earth. I would rather listen to uh, what's his name? Iago for seven hours oh, and listen to Chris Tucker. But and then he's just like, well, I guess we'll go on this quest together, even though from everything I've seen in this movie, like I'm a coward and I don't care about anyone other than myself. But I guess I'll go with Bruce Willis and his bleach blonde hair and. We'll go on this Lord of the Rings adventure. I was like, of all the characters that they could have picked, like literally I would have been happier with with like a robot, just like wannabe C three people like, okay, I'm a space turtle like robot. A and then just Yeah, I, really... I was like, God, this is <laughs> okay, I'm a space turtle robot. Like <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, oh, how God. every so step of the way, like, I actually really, I kind of liked him. Like, in some ways, he was the best because he was, like, a meta. Like, every five minutes, he'd be like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> why is this yeah. movie? At? Like, are you guys fucking kidding me? Like, he was great. He kind of spoke for the audience the whole way through. I thought it was hilarious. And, like, <laughs> we had Bilbo Baggins, and he was just like, I'm a priest, and I'm just going to get captured for, like, Bilbo. 60% of the movie. I'm like, my dude. We have Bilbo Baggins. Just have him come out and do something cool, like magic-y or Bilbo needed, like, five minutes of exposition, like, put into the movie somehow. Honestly, yeah. He kind of doesn't really do anything. Just to explain to me what the fuck, like no. I like they could have given it to him. Like I could, we could, Bilbo could have told us what was happening in this movie, but instead yeah. nobody does. And he, like <laughs> he could have totally done a total exposition dump, but I've been like, cool. Now I feel like I'm caught up. Like even something vague, like Han, like your favorite movie, Han Solo in yeah. um in uh, the Force Awakens, where he does like an exposition dump for all the Zoomers to catch them up on what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, true. that would have been fine. All that of it would have been fine. God, the force, the Jedi. Like I would have been fine with that. Just, like, just catch me up. Just somebody. Anyway. Yeah. Back to this dumpster fire. So I think it's crazy that like, uh, that Bruce Willis's character just is like here for this, like from moment one, when he's like, well, I only have like one point on my license left, but yeah, sure. Crash through my ceiling. And yeah. like, I'll do whatever you okay. say. That annoyed me the most. Cause like, I want to know what the points are. Oh, Someone tell me what the points are. <laughs> That's you a real have thing. no more points, points on your license. On your license. Yeah, I got like 50 points. Yeah, let me talk to everything here that doesn't talk back. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's how like, many oh points you have before God. you lose your license. It's a thing in our world. I know, but it was just like, it was such a, a, a thing forward in thing. <laughs> well, you it's can real. get points. Yeah, you get points in your license, but you get points for doing bad things. Whereas this one, it goes down and he has less and less he it's only like, had yeah he like, did only have like, one point yeah, left it, it was like yeah you can you can fuck up 50 times yeah everybody's got <laughs> 10 chances to be terrible people on the road whereas <laughs> like most people are like you've got two tries in real life yeah, <laughs> yeah, <you're right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they count them down slowly yeah. <laughs> all right he drove through a mall what is that like two three points that's crazy like yeah wow <laughs> he was speeding that's half a point like the what future, the, fuck? the future is wild in three thousand years guys yeah <laughs> but i love how he uh is like just here for it like he's just like i'm gonna help with this mission like for reasons like he i get that they're saying like the world's gonna end like that's a good reason to help and he's into lilu which is a good reason to help i guess but yeah. like i i do like how he's just like sure like i don't know what we're doing but okay, like no one seems to understand the plot like any better than I do. But they're all just like, "Yeah, you're right. Let's do this to like to save each other because love is the fifth element, and we're gonna save humanity or fucking something." And like, 
I mean, to be fair, what? this is a very convoluted uh, plot. Like, if you're not paying attention, like, it, like, <sighs> the byline of the episode it's a complicated plot it's a complicated plot (laughs) no but it is like for a really long time i didn't understand why the mangalores were helping zorg and i didn't understand why he betrayed them and then like watching it this time i was like oh he's just a fucking asshole okay because he kills his own uh, assistant in the airport they're just they're just unexplained bad guys they just are here to be the bad guys yeah also, can we talk about how Gary Oldman in the future possesses the technology to turn a simple payphone into a bomb? Why are there payphones? Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was just why, weird. Why does he have a plastic helmet that has his hair in it? And no, it's only he, on one side. And yeah. how does he bleed from one spot and then it just like goes away? Because there's a moment where he leans forward and it's just like, a little dot where you can see like all right the special effects team's like all right lift the helmet and just we'll just brush it on really quick and then we'll close it and then it'll just drip down his face that's when he's talking to mr shadow yes yeah it's it's it was brown it wasn't even red i understand that maybe raised barbecue sauce on his forehead Uh, (laughs) well and also I did actually notice that. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, it did look like barbecue sauce. But like, did you guys see also like what, what is George or what is Bruce Willis wearing? And like, why is everything orange in this movie? Like, is that everything? Was Everybody's orange. just a construction worker. Everyone needs high vis everything. <laughs> it was so strange. Like, I know that it's like, it's the cyberpunk feature or whatever, but like, oh my God. But Bruce Willis looked so hot in that orange tank top. Like, I'm like. His bleach blonde hair. He was okay. amazing. Yeah, with his frosted tips. He was really incredible. Yeah, I, I, I loved him in this. He was like super Bruce Willis-y. Like, he was hilarious. Like, that was oh, like. Yeah, he was at the most Bruce Willis he could have been. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were parts of this that I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, this is great. Like, sure. But then there were parts so, that just like were so weird. Uh, but I don't know. And Because I love you <laughs> slash hate both of you for this. I actually did just look it up. And it has it is one of the it is the number one most frequently asked questions about this movie on IMDb, the International Movie Database. Is it who are the bad guys and what is What is the black liquid that runs down Zorg's head when the great evil talks to him? If it's blood, why does he bleed when there's no wound or even at all? I don't get that part. You should probably rethink your sentence. But it was answered by a member of the production crew and said it is not blood. It is a substance that reveals the presence of evil forces, a condensation of the surrounding air combined with some sinister force that is making it look that horrendous it is there to remind that this force has a real presence and can be that and can be present in anyone's life at any time and that the closer you are to it the darker the reality of evil becomes in reality this actually pisses me off and i hate you for this matt in reality it was hershey's chocolate sauce (laughs) i'm so upset i'm gonna i'm gonna side with something Lindsay has said previously if you are required to explain the thing after i understand the fact, ding, ding, it's ding. not it's bad writing i understand yeah. i'm not saying this is a great i'm not saying this is like the pulitzer prize winning version of a movie i'm just saying like this movie's yeah. entertaining to me well well i i concur i mean like i said bruce willis and ruby rod 
Ruby Rod, kind of incredible. Yeah. I, I really like how, the, like, really the reason that they bring him along is, like, for laughs or whatever, but also because they need They need the fifth person. The yeah. Yeah, they need a fourth person. <laughs> like, there has to be another member of the cast in the end. They need like, some- All right. Well, we need five people because there's five bricks that they have to do stuff. It's four bricks and then her. All right. right? I guess that we're going to going to need another person for this so they need a group of five yeah hilarious yeah. like even I, though at the end they all kind of cluster around the one so one person really so no one breathes on the 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 time. Yeah. it's not like everyone has to do it. you're right actually he doesn't <laughs> what the fuck dude and it doesn't have to be done like at the same and, time either or any special order they're like just fuck it just do it they don't have to synchronize they don't actually need five of them it could be two people there and they'd be fine she just needs to stand in the middle fuck no. she could probably do it if she wasn't shot but and like completely dejected of human life, yeah. Which goes nowhere. Like I'm like, where's your bed pack or something to stick on her and just like quickly bring her back up to full health after that? Because she's yeah, dude, he's like a maiden in special forces. He has like no medical training. What the fuck? I guess they throw in the back to tank, so it's fine. But I'm like, what the fuck? And then yeah, at the end, <laughs> but I also. I also like uh God, you guys kind of hate this movie though. <laughs> I didn't know, but something that I actually thought was good writing was that they show when in the beginning like bruce willis is like trying to quit smoking right yeah like this actually works into the into the end scene and he has these amazing like he has this like neon <laughs> house paper like, filters yeah smoke. yeah and it's like don't smoke and it's like i know i super shouldn't smoke you're right i abs- it's absolutely the wrong thing to do and this is what it's like to be a smoker right as you mm-hmm. wake up every day and you look at your pack of cigarettes and it says to you really this again still and the, all of your body is like bitch this is not you can't and then your brain is like you will literally die if you don't smoke that cigarette so he has a (laughs) giant neon dispenser that tells him not to smoke and then when he inevitably decides that he wants to smoke anyway dispenses a cigarette which like seven tenths of is a filter (laughs) and it is just like the embodiment of like oh my god i remember trying to do that and like cutting a cigarette or trying to like trying to do anything to cut back other than quit and like smoking's the best i really felt bad for bruce willis his that machine was doing him dirty giving him those cigarettes oh my god but but inexplicably he lights his cigarettes with a match even though it's the year 30 55 or something and 2263 okay he is i hate you scott I know. How the fuck do you know that? <laughs> so, but he's lighting his cigarettes with matches, right? And then he, you see that he only has two matches left when he has what I cannot believe is his last cigarette from the start of the movie through to the yeah. end. I'm like, oh yeah. no. He should have had That's a fuckload more. Well, it's just he must have been miserable the whole time, right? Like, Well, I mean, he's being shot at the whole time, so... Yeah, yeah, I would say he, he, needs, a cigarette. he needs a cigarette. Yeah, but so his he's on his second to last match. So we and then we see that he has just the one match left in the last scene. So I was like, that was set up and payoff. That's like legit, sort of, right? Yeah. If I I'm mean, trying to give credit somewhere, if you're, just, if you're trying to talk about good writing, yeah. <laughs> to say that some part of the movie made sense, like that was kind of cool. And you see Ruby Rod on the TV. I liked that early scene. I like Bruce Willis's weird apartment. It is <laughs> like I enjoyed that. that- is that what we're going to call it? Not the hallway that he lives in? <laughs> Dude, and the guy with the weird-ass hat that tries to stick him up for... Well, it's not a weird-ass hat. Like He uses it to no, trick him into thinking hat. there's no one out there. Oh, nice hat. hat. <laughs> nice, a couple of laughs. <laughs> that guy's tweaking real fucking hard, too. That was fucking insane. 
I kind of liked that. And Bruce Willis steals like everybody's guns because like that he has all these guns from people that like yeah. try to break into his house. And he just funny as hell. this rack that like stores into the wall. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just now that I've talked to you guys and I knew this was gonna fucking happen. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. It's not like it's like it's just like honestly, dude, like Ruby Rod is the best part of this movie for me, but it is very poorly explained. Like the fact that I knew all of this just a shows like how much of like anally attentive to detail I am with the background shit. Like I, you wouldn't have even known that there was the the sweepstakes for the Flotsam Paradise thing if you weren't paying attention to the commercial that Ruby Rod was on at the beginning. Because yeah, there's, when the, there's a lot of details and background shit. And yeah. Props, like the it's there's some cool like unexplained world building like i said like you could like go frame by frame through this and try to like create the world that this takes place in like there's a lot of detail it's a rich a rich lived in <laughs> cyberpunk future but the plot just isn't doesn't make any fun. there's also like a lot yeah. of unexplained shit like why is the airport filled with trash actually the whole movie is filled with trash i, I have the answer to that <laughs> i have the answer to that very randomly in why? my perusal of the internet in regards to this movie okay uh it's a deleted scene where there was like an alien attack that they see and that's why it's trashed and they just like didn't clean it up but there's a deleted scene where there's a fight there and oh airport. that's fucking cool yeah i got you on that one hell yeah um, but no it's just sort of like things just seem to be sort of happening and it's like <laughs> it reminds me of the like early and mid 80s movies and like some of the early indiana jones where it's like no matter what I do, no matter how many times I've seen the movie, and even sitting here with you, Scott, as you explain it, mm-hmm. something in my brain just turns off. Like yeah. I just am like, what? And I can't, I can't absorb it. And it's like, it's kind of like what probably happens in the MCU now. If anybody asks, like, about Peter Parker, oh, who is who? Like, and the spell yeah. redoes. No, like af- about Peter Parker after No Way Home. Like the spell would like rejigger your brain. Like if like isn't that what everyone is saying about it? Like. <laughs> That, that like would they, be your how you describe it. Like if you were to look at uh, uh, like Flash's book in Spider Man that talks about being friends with Peter Parker, it would just like you would see it, but it would like glaze that you would never like be able to deal with it or react to it or do anything with it because of the spell. That's how I feel when I watch this. I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give some more credit to this movie because I like Lindsay said. <laughs> I really do like the rich environments that we see. I I like the sci-fi elements to it where it's just, you know, you're you're just like, yeah, it's a sci-fi movie. There's like weird broccoli men walking around and stuff in the background and <laughs> it's it's cool. Like I like the aesthetic of the of the film minus like some of the really cliché cyberpunk tropes like tubes and stuff everywhere yeah. and the fact that they never got past 1990s technology for computer screens which baffles that's true me. in all sci-fi stuff yeah, yeah. everything in the it, 90s yeah. like, like, that. Like, like well i know exactly it's like aliens and next gen and star wars and all the other seasons of star trek they just couldn't like they couldn't wrap their brains around eventually we wouldn't be using these giant shit boxes for tv screens anymore but aside from that stereotypical stuff like i liked the environments i like the the things that that really took me out of it was some of the bad reboot cgi that they do like the the mechanical arms going to 
Oh, I was yeah. like, because there's a lot of great CGI for 90s, and then there's that, and I was like, some of it looked really bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's not it good, but it won the BAFTA. So well, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not like Nedry being reinflated in Space Jam bad, but no, it was noticeably not great by comparison. I was very whelmed. <laughs> yeah, entirely whelmed, right? And there were parts of it that whelmed. I like didn't hate everything about my life. Like I'd be I was like, oh yeah, all right. And then other parts of it I was like, how is this movie still on? <laughs> like what one of the yeah. other parts that like took me out of it was like the the guns. Because like they're so they're so impractical. It doesn't make sense. Like the dude got like like the needler it's basically yeah, the needler that's what it is that's exactly what i thought when he <laughs> like sticks that him makes, up that makes no sense and like i was just like this looks like really bad 99 cent store nerf guns oh yeah the needler oh that took me that whole time that's how long <laughs> my brain was like you know what that is <laughs> 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 and then it popped into a, in a vision of my mind. I was like, "Oh yeah, I liked that gun. It was, but it was shitty." That gun was fire, dude. I love it. Was that great. Gun. I was pretty but, good with it, you know, because it had that kind of wide range spray, so yeah. I could be terrible at the game and like still hit people with. It. Well, because they explode after they hit. Like it was yeah. fucking great, man. I was okay with that gun. I had one friend who was nasty, and he, I, man. Anyway, yeah. Yes, I, I, I too was a teenager when Halo was a thing. Um, sorry. Yeah. My brain was like, whoa. I I actually was thinking that this time around too, even before I saw your note, Matt, I was like, wow, these guns actually look really fucking stupid. Like only the pistol, his pistol that he has is the only thing that looks even remotely like. Well, they had to give Bruce Willis like a legit gun. Well, yeah, but it's like a practical looking gun. I liked all yeah. the stupid guns. Because like I, there's the stupid movie. Like the one with like the spike, like the very beginning where the guy tries to rob him. It's got like the weird spikes, spikes on, on the it. Edge, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's got all cyberpunk. The two banana mags sticking out. And I was like Yeah, but here's the thing about that. With the with the with that like campy bullshit that this movie does, start to finish everywhere in it, I actually, even though it is not my taste. I actually think it's a pl- in the plus column for the movie overall because the movie does such a good job at doing what it's trying to do. Right? Yeah. We can't ever forget that metric. It's like it's not, it's not my thing. Yep. But I it think is there's a I plus think, at doing what it intends to do. It is the movie I, it means to be. I think there's a a good argument to be had that with someone who can write much better than a high school Luke Besson, there's a really <laughs> good story hidden in that world that we're probably just never going to see. Yeah. Here's the thing is it's such a cult classic that I don't think anyone would ever remake this. It's up there with like saying like, dude, we should remake Jurassic park. I mean, or like we should remake ET. Yeah. Be like ET or back to the future. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like why? But if they do, I want Tom Holland as Marty McFly. I know. No, I want Tom Holland as Elliot. No, Marty McFly. Well, no I shit, dude. Lie. But Tom Holland. Okay, first of all, dude, Tom Holland can't just keep playing other people. He can't. Tom doing that. Okay. <laughs> I guess final thoughts on this is just that it's it's, it's like fun watching. It just doesn't make any fucking sense if you think about it. And Bruce Willis is great, and so was Lilu. We didn't really talk about Lilu. Mila Jovovich. Yeah, her She's action awesome. sequence was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, she was badass. I liked watching her kick ass and. 
I kind of liked her fish out of water. I don't know what's going on. Kick, thing. Was it kick names and take ass? Take asses. Yeah. <laughs> like Kevin yeah. Bacon. She speaks in that crazy language and she's like, doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, she was fun. She So it's like all the individual, like when you drill down, like I actually really like all the characters. I liked them all more or less. And I liked the world that they inhabited, but the plot. It's just the they story were they were telling. Yeah, yeah and, but like, the bones of it is frozen too, and it's good. It's weird that yeah. when you like zero in on individual pieces of this, it's like a, <laughs> they're all kind of okay. But when you put them together, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's like oh, then, with the wrong shit. It's and, weird. It's it's weird. It's usually the other way around, where like overall I like something, but if you drill down, there's something wrong with all of it. This is the opposite. The individual and, pieces are great. They made a bad potion. Yep, and what still kills me is that. Gary Oldman just sounds like he's doing a really bad Billy Bob Thornton impression the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but, but, but McDonald's looks the same 3,000 years from now. Except sexier. This movie was super horny. Yes. Oh, it is. It's actually a huge uh, thing that this was. So another like thing that this movie spawned after it came out was <clears throat> a lot of feminist movements said that this was um a critique of how we see the female workforce i mean totally yeah especially because the two most prominent jobs we see are basically this girl works for hooters at mm-hmm. mcdonald's and the then the uh what is it the stewardesses yeah if you look at my notes, it goes, it's space misogyny. And then the next line is, it's space racism. Yep. <laughs> Dude, it totally is. <sighs> All right. I'm going to go through the rumor requirement stuff now because you guys are hurt my feelings. <laughs> so if most of you couldn't figure it out, Ruby Rod was actually originally supposed to be played by Prince and Prince was attached to the movie, but scheduling conflicts with his tour dates precluded him from actually joining. So it it ended up coming down to either Jamie Foxx or Chris Tucker. Tucker got the role because Besson liked his small frame and the ability to scream at higher pitches. He thought that that would be funny and take a lot of the weight off of it being too dramatic or actiony. And so they gave it to, Chris Tucker. Uh, I already mentioned the thing about, you know, Besson's whole point, but Besson actually demanded almost all action sequences to be shot in broad daylight because he was tired of space movies being filled with dark space hallways and endless star fields. I'll give them that. The movie was lit properly. Yeah. Yeah. It did (laughs) actually look pretty good. It was very orange. God damn it. This movie was very orange. It was bright. They liked bright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little fun, like timing thing. Uh, when, pre- when the president tells father Vito that he has exactly 20 seconds to explain what's going on. Vito actually does speak for exactly 20 seconds. That's cool. Yeah. Nice little Easter egg. This one's really cool too, especially cause we were talking about when she falls into the taxi. Uh, Bruce Willis was kept in the dark in multiple scenes throughout the film. Namely that Besson, uh, never told him that Mila Jovovich was going to what she was going to say when she fell into the taxi. So his reaction to what she's saying is a hundred percent genuine. 
uh, <laughs> just like his reaction to seeing her, seeing Plava Laguna sing for the first time. He had never heard her sing and he had never seen her in full makeup. So his like the wonder on his face is real. Something that was probably that, my favorite scene. Yeah, it was wild uh, mm-hmm. and then went on for too long. But something interesting I read about that scene is that apparently like they wanted her to do stuff with her voice that's just like not possible yeah and she's like not supposed to be human right so they actually like she sang all these different parts but there are note jumps that aren't possible for humans yeah. to do like that to go from one note to the other the way that she does apparently i don't know something just something i read about it yeah. so they actually had to like edit it together and yeah, so like, the song is actually yeah. broken up into two parts. The first part is her actual aria, which is the no, no. I mean note to note. Like there are certain notes. Yeah, because there was a part changes where she goes, that are edited together because you can't do that. Like what they wanted it to sound like, human voices can't do. Oh, I see what yeah. you're saying. She went from like a really low octave to like a very yeah. high octave, like with a, and like a single breath. And I was like, oh, that was jarring to hear, not in a bad way, but I was like, you can't. Yeah, you can't seem, do that. Yeah, right? no, that doesn't seem yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And they wanted that's what they wanted it to be. And so they did that. And it's like, well, she's not human, so maybe she could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that's that. actually that sick. Good. I didn't see that anywhere, but right? That, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um uh additionally, costume designer Jean-Paul Gaultier personally checked all five hundred outfits of the the extras for the Flotsam Paradise scene every morning. Because they were so intricate and so uh, expensive. Each one cost about $900. That's insane. Way too much money on costumes. Yep. (laughs) Gary Oldman took the role of Jean-Baptiste Zorg without reading the script. And lastly, because Matt brought this up earlier. The animatronics used in the Mangalore's masks were actually reused a few years later for the, Ni- the Neomordians in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. No one's heard of that movie. <laughs> I honestly don't think either of you should be allowed on the Star Wars review. I think they should just be me. Just like... <laughs> two years, dude. We're two years away. And I'll be on that one because I like that one. And Chris is coming back for that one. You know what I, I won't like be here for. No, I meant the Phantom Menace. I'm, That's what I'm talking about. I only like the last like 30 minutes of that movie. The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. I'm like totally fine with. That. I actually really like the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. I like so the Star I. Wars prequels. I just like. I don't like the sequels. Part. That's the one I pro- I'm gonna like. It's gonna be tough for me to be on those. I'm just I'll telling you guys. Quite happily now. just do those with somebody who's like never seen star wars oh see that's what we should do best time we have a great time doing it i'll just be in the background yelling the whole time get peyton to come on Uh uh-oh that's what we should do fucking crazy animal yes got his he was like standing next to my chair and he got his left paw stuck under his body like got into the couch and was like trying to get off and he's like twisting i'm like you're gonna straight break your arm and then yeah. pinky was hissing at him. guys it's a hard knock life for these animals they want to sleep yeah, on the God. back of the chair yeah Fuck. what did you I know, guys yeah, give Kevin's this movie up here chilling. uh i gave this movie a six out of ten it was weird but it was weirdly okay i uh, I gave it four out of ten. That's actually higher than I thought you were going to give it. I'm just being totally honest I, with you. Yeah, it's, it's not well, it's because I like the set designs. Like I, I like the the non 
addressed world building going on. <laughs> yeah. Like I like where the side, like I like the cyberpunk stuff and I, I like that's that stuff. And I like the opera singing, but everything else was like, there's like perfectly tolerable elements of this film. Yeah. Yeah. What did you give it, Scott? I gave it a 6.5 just because I think it's funny. So nobody really likes this. No, it's not like even I the liked guy it who more than it. I hated it. Like I liked it more than I hate it, but like it definitely like even watching this before I talked to you guys and looked at your notes, I was like, this is fucking like really bad real like world building. Like it just shows shit and we don't see anything. Like, yeah. I, I, like that like, about I it. didn't know anything about the trash thing. So I was like, why is the fucking airport like this? Like that's crazy. That's so weird. Editing, but it is. I. <clears throat> but it is funny to me. I do think that pra- use of practical effects is really good. Um, most yeah. of the visual effects do hold up. It is really funny. Um, there's no need to throw stuff. It wasn't me. It was Matt. I had a fidget spinner and I. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like. It's a it's a metal batarang that that's a fidget spinner, dude. For real, that's just like God damn it. I've been like fidgeting the, with the, the the like pop socket on my phone. My God. Anyway, I'm not anyway, going to ask you guys what you thought about the villains because you couldn't figure out what the villains villaining were villaining I about. I gave it a one out of ten. I don't yeah. know who the bad guys are. I gave it a one out of ten too. I I wrote. The movie is the movie is the main villain. It gets itself and humanity. God rest our souls for struggling through this nightmare. And may we only move forward to be a better person. Oh my god! I award you no points. May God have what mercy is, on this. Did you give the villain Scott since you understood the implicit intentions yeah. of the author so well? well. Tell us what how I mean, you felt about the reverse spirit bomb. So he, yeah, I mean, like obviously you guys know me, and I love villains who are evil for evil's sake. That's why I love Maleficent and stuff like that. But this is just like John Baptiste Zorg being involved in this is just fucking stupid. Like he's a he's a really charismatic villain, and I do actually like his accent when he talks and stuff. Especially his monologue about how a warrior and dying for honor, like honor, has never given anybody anything. It's just cost millions of lives. He's like, but I'll tell you what I do like a killer cold blood killer now a real killer would have asked what the little red button on the side of the gun was that part like i do really like that part is really charismatic and he's fun to watch but the whole like great evil and him not figuring out like he's just going to destroy all life in the universe like that i was like this is that's so stupid like that's just that's so dumb and i think that for zorg being the bad guy him getting off by just the mangalores tricking him and having a backup explosive in the on the ship like he didn't deserve that. I just felt like by the end, he kind of just seemed a little cowardly and he was like, Ooh. yeah, that's like, basically it. Mm-hmm. His outfit was sick as fuck though, dude. Like the trench coat that he had, that was very clearly made of plastic. Lindsay's leaving. I was, she, she just hated this movie so much. She's just going to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't vibing on, on his costume. I just like mean, the stupid little head cone thing or the plate or whatever the fuck he had. That was dumb. I never understood that. That was just like, that's what movies in the nineties were like. That's what fashion's going to be like in the future. It's like, why would anyone fucking wear that? Demolition man does that too. And I'm like, demolition man is a greater version of the future because it's so hilariously stupid. Like Taco Bell is a five-star restaurant now. Like what the fuck? Because it is. Because it won the. Is a five star. It is not. Settle down. God. 
anyway, I, drunk, I, sir. I will, <laughs> I will guzzle some Baja Blast right now. Lolitas. You know what's really good is uh, Doritos Locos Tacos, like taking that concept because oh, so the Doritos are really, really It is good actually good. a good idea. I still haven't tried the Cool Ranch ones. No, no, no. You know what's great is making like a bean dip or like whatever, like or like a taco salad yeah. and having uh, Doritos with it. So prime. I should do that. No, you know what's really good? Salsa Verde. You should not do that. It's peanut butter sandwiches with Doritos in it. Really? I believe you. So I'm, I'm sure that you're right. I used to eat that all the time in high school. So good. Can also it gets all crunchy Doritos and creamy. In, uh, mm. Like a whipped cream cheese super bomb. Do you know why he ate that? Because Scott would eat all my fucking Doritos. Doritos, 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 Doritos. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Doritos are good with everything. No, they um, are. It's just really funny that Matt and I were the only ones that ever got to eat our sandwiches because my dog stole our friend Sean's. He's a fucking wizard dog. Dude, he opened the door to the den, just walked up to Sean and took it out of his hand. And then no, that walk- was me. It was me. Was it you? It was me. Got stole the sandwich from. God damn it! And like we amazing. all just we all just stared at him, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll make another one." Yeah, I guess I'll just fucking go make another one. And then he locked the locked door from the outside of the goddamn. Room. Yeah, that was insane. And like we all just watched him walk in. We're like, "Hello." <laughs> the dog locked the door. No, no the door was to- locked. We were in the den. And the door was locked, and Gus somehow opened this door. Gus, by the way, he was a beagle. He was named after the fat mouse in Cinderella. Oh, yeah. Gussy face. Mm-hmm. We had uh, seagulls in Scotland that did that. We'll come down and take sandwiches from you. Like, oh, I was like, you had a seagull pet? That's fucking lit, dude. Like- no, if you, if you look it up, it's a thing. It's like a meme. Oh, Aberdeen seagulls. Aberdeen seagulls is a thing. They are fucking gigantic. They are so fat on like kebab and chips, cheese, and curry. These things. <laughs> would fuck you up like they're huge and they would swoop down on us like when we were in like the quad and take sandwiches they're basically albatross yeah they're terrified no literally google aberdeen seagull i guarantee you that it pops up with like a whole litany of terrible things i wouldn't doubt it but i would rather get us out of here so do either of you have anything left to say about this movie that you haven't already ruined my day with it has an instagram (laughs) account Stop the it. Aberdeen Seagulls have an Instagram account. Oh, I thought you said this movie. Oh, I was, was like, why? The, yeah, like, I was like, why the fuck does this movie have? <laughs> watch out for hungry gulls during lockdown. <laughs> oh my god. No, oh my god. I'm just glad that there's no six element movie or the fourth <laughs> element because there's no prequels. There's like a spiritual. Like, I still don't get that. Yeah, what that, the fuck I is? Mean, how is Valeria cool- like even related to this? I don't know, but Wikipedia says apparently this is all based on or some somehow related to a comic book series called Valyrian. That this is like somehow partially inspired by it, like that it's but it's not. It's nothing. It's it's it's, yeah. This was fuck okay. Of course, it's inspired by by something closely. A fourteen year old wrote it. Like you know what I mean. Or at least like really exaggerating (laughs) that. But like no, it was. He was he was in high school. Yeah, yeah, when he started it, it's not yeah. like he was on the production team when he was fourteen. Like he, like, well, yeah, but you could say the same thing about an adult who made this movie is like, I'm, you know, well, yeah. I mean, what's the guy's name that wrote Aragon? Paulini? No, he was still a kid. Or whatever. He was a kid. Oh, I like that guy though. Yeah, he but he was still a kid. That's what I'm saying. He was a kid and he published it. It no. wasn't like this guy published it as a kid. Like he had the idea. No, I got that. I got anyway, get us, anyway, get us out of here. Matt, thank you here. so much for coming on short notice to, to do yeah, this. Yeah, for us. real. This like literally funny. it was yesterday. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs>
Like, yeah, I've never seen that movie, guys. You have to come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll come on tomorrow. That's well, not I'm a big just deal. I'm glad you did, because otherwise I was going to shit on this alone. No, oh, this would have just been like us yelling for an hour. <laughs> yeah, would have. <laughs> Any hoodles down in Whoville. Uh, yeah. As always, thank you guys all so much for joining us tonight. We hope that you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something, but I highly doubt it. Uh, join us next week for the lost world Jurassic park. Be sure to subscribe wherever you guys listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for our sites and social media in the episode descriptions. You can even find us on YouTube now. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, we do encourage you to follow us on Patreon where you can find our show notes for each and every episode. Make sure to check out our website as well for all the timeline goodies, including request the timeline. Let us know what you want to see and we'll make it happen. Captain, but until next time, stay nerdy. Get me the fuck out of here.